Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. morning. Gather round and grab a foil. It's time for our weekly workout here on the Sonic Society. I'm Jack Ward, here with my musketeer partner, David Alt, and this is episode 692. On God. Hey, hey. Yes. Well, today we have, from the Durham University Audio Drama Society, the Three Musketeers. Yeah. Yes. Two episodes. The Stranger and... Monsieur de Treville, and it all begins right here on the Sonic Society. Ah! Yes, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a point to you. To me, exactly. This program is a duet's collaboration with Purple Radio. Content warnings may be found in the episode description below. Everything packed? Yes, Father. Ah, good lad. Good lad. <laughs> remember, remember all I've told. Yes, Father. Uh, the horse. I know, Father. Uh, never sell it. Allow it to die tranquilly and honorably of old age. Which seems likely very soon. Uh, take care of it, my son. Take care of, uh, of yourself. I promise, Father. And... If you have the honour to go to court... No, no, don't scoff, D'Artagnan. This is important. You will protect our name as a gentleman. I know, father. You are young. And in a hurry, father. Paris. Be brave. You are a Gascon, and you are my son. I have taught you how to handle a sword, and you have a wrist of steel, so prove it. Fight with all your heart. Endure nothing from anyone. Except Monsieur the Cardinal and the King. The Cardinal and the King. I have nothing more to give you, my son, but fifteen pistoles, my horse, and this council, and uh, this. A letter of recommendation? I am an, an old man. My only use to you is my friendship with Monsieur de Treville. I can only pray that he has not forgotten an old friend. Now, go, before I change my mind. Goodbye, Father. <laughs> D'Artagnan. Yes, Father? Become the musketeer I could not be. Make me proud.
Duets presents The Three Musketeers. Episode 1, The Stranger. This episode is dedicated to Angela Blatch. Take the horse, he said. It's a fine animal, he said. <laughs> this horse has been in the family 13 years. Never sell it. That <laughs> horse. Is there a problem with my steeds, gentlemen? I didn't think so. Come now. I fancy there's an inn just up ahead. Well, we finally arrived in the town of Mung proper. Pardon, good sir. Is there an inn nearby? Hey, can't you see I'm trying to what? Oh, my pardons, good gentlemen, good monsieur. I did not, uh, I mistook you for, uh, I misspoke. The only inn in town is a place just up the road from here, called the Jolly Miller. Monsieur. Thank you kindly. Is this the Jolly Miller Inn up here? None other. Good. And you're the stable hand, are you not? Mm-hmm. Well, boy? What? Aren't you going to take my horse? Oh, uh, of course. I'll, uh, take your horse. Yes. That would be much appreciated. <laughs> they're not talking about me, they're not talking about me, they're not talking about me. Not everything's about you, D'Artagnan. They're not talking about me. <laughs> Boy, who are those men up there in the window? Hmm? Oh, well, uh, the one on the left is the innkeeper, the one on the right is one of the cooks, and the one in the middle, in the violet doublet, he looks like he's wearing a curtain. Monsieur, they might hear us. He must be some gentleman of great repute. He is but newly arrived here, just as you are. So we are equals, then. Hmm. Sure. Yellow! <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. I say, sir. You, sir, hiding behind that shutter. Me? <laughs> hiding? Tell me what you were laughing at, and we will laugh together. I was not speaking to you, sir. But I'm speaking to you. Do me the privilege of descending, you punk-ass bitch, so that we may speak further. <laughs> so be it. This horse is decidedly, or rather, has been in his youth, a buttercup. It is a colour very well known in botany. But till the present time, uh, very rare among horses. There are people who dare to laugh at the horse, but not at the master. I do not often laugh, sir, but nevertheless, I retain the privilege of laughing when I please. And I allow no man to laugh when it displeases me. Indeed, sir. Well, that is perfectly right. <coughs> Oh, turn! Turn, Master Joker, lest I strike you behind! Strike me? Why, my good fellow, you must be mad. 
What a musketeer you would make, boy. All heart, no brains. <laughs> well, you won't dodge so easily next time. Very well. On guard. How dare you attack our honored guest? Go and get him! Bloody Gascon! Put him on his orange horse and let him be gone! Orange horse? I'll kill you! I'll kill you! Break it over your name! Why, you. That was my father's sword! You'll pay for that! Now, now, good people! Get away! Away, I said! He's no longer a threat to anyone, he's out cold! You and, and you, help me get the lad inside. <sighs> foolish boy, foolish, foolish boy. Your Excellency. How is the madman, my good host? He is better. He fainted quite away, but he just about managed to challenge you before he did. Why, this fellow must be the devil in person. Oh no, Your Excellency, he is not the devil. We rummaged his valise and found nothing but a clean shirt and eleven crowns. Which, however, did not prevent his saying as he was fainting that if such a thing had happened in Paris, you should have cause to repent of it at a later period. Then he must be some prince in disguise. I've told you this, good sir, in order that you may be on your guard. Did he mention anyone? Yes, uh, he struck his pocket and said, We shall see what Monsieur de Treville will think of this insult offered to his protégé. Monsieur de Treville? You were certain of it. I'm sure, then, that you did not fail to see what was in his pocket. A letter addressed to Monsieur de Treville, captain of the musketeers. Interesting. Ah, the devil! Can Treville have set this Gascon upon me? He is very young, but a sword thrust is a sword thrust, and a youth is less to be suspected than an older man. A weak obstacle is sometimes sufficient to overthrow a great design. Host, could you not contrive to... Uh, get rid of this frantic boy for me? In conscience I cannot kill him, and yet... he annoys me. Where is he? Uh, in my wife's chambers, on the first flight where they're dressing his wounds. His things and his bag are with him? Has he taken off his doublet? Uh, yes, everything is in the room. But if he annoys you, this young fool... To be sure he does. He causes a disturbance in your hostelry, which respectable people cannot put up with. Go, make out my bill and notify my servant. Uh, what, monsieur? Will you leave us so soon? I have already had the servants saddle my horse. Have they not obeyed me? No, no, everything is set. That is well. Do as I have directed you then. It is not necessary for Milady to be seen by this fellow. She will soon pass. She is already late. I had better get on horseback and go and meet her.
I should like, however, to know what this letter addressed to Trivial contains. Hmm. Don't forget the balsam, my love. Uh, mother, I... Be the musketeer. I could never be. There are other ways of passing through this world. Oh, je t'aime, maman. Mon chouchou, allez, va-t'en. Maman. Your letter of recommendation. A letter of recommendation? Want to be a musketeer, do you? How interesting. No, no. Shh, shh, shh. It's only a dream. <laughs> boy! You! Boy! Are you awake? Mm? Oh. Mm. Where am I? Bed. Oh. Get up. Oh. What are you doing? You can barely look straight. This lad has just lost us the best paying tenant to come around here in six months. Why, the monsieur downstairs must be a great lord. And now he's leaving because of this... this... Oh, who... You blast it all! I want you out of here. Don't even think about going after His Excellency. What's going on? Uh, where... Now, now, boy. Stand up nice and easy, and I'll help you downstairs. But my doublet, where... Out! This instant or I shall inform the police! Oh, right! Oh, God. Just please stop shouting. It's loud. See... Doubtless, though, such digging must be perfectly familiar to milady. <laughs> ah, there is my man on his horse, talking outside with whoever is in that carriage. A woman, and a beautiful one. Her eyes, why, they must be as blue as the ocean for me to notice them from here. No matter. I still have a matter to settle with her acquaintance. <laughs> How did that song go? Uh, floating down the river? I have no time for your prying games today. Ah, so I must be getting close. Come now, lady, don't look so cold. You've upset my horse. What are my orders? <sighs> yes, milady. He orders you to return instantly to England and to inform him the moment the Duke leaves London. And as to my other instructions? They will be in this box, which you will not open until you are on the other side of the channel. Very well. And you? What will you do? Why, milady, I... I return to Paris. What? Without chastising that insolent boy? How tame. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you are right. The boy has been insolent enough to deserve chastisement. Tell me, milady, should I let him live? This insolent boy chastises others, and I hope that this time he whom he ought to chastise will not escape him as before. <laughs> escape? <laughs> no. Before a woman you would not dare fly, I presume. He's bold, this one. I wonder if he knows who you really are. Milady, no need to engage him. The least delay may ruin everything. Be gone, then, on your part, and I will depart as quickly on mine. Very well. Until next time. Come off your horse and draw, you honourless fool. 
Perhaps some other day, young man. I'm a busy man. I do not have time for you. Base coward! Uh, fake ass aristocrat! Uh, ow! My shoulder! Oh, is my head still pounding? I. Oh, coward! 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 He is a coward indeed. But she. She was very beautiful. No, what's she? The one he called Milady. I could not make out her face precisely. Except those eyes. I must follow. You can hardly stand straight. I'm fine. Here, a pistol for your worries. Oh. What? My purse. My letter. They're not there. They're not there. Well, it's just a letter. You don't understand. You don't... I'd rather have lost a thousand pistols than that piece of paper. Oh, you must have misplaced it. Misplaced? What, you think I'm a child? No, it's been in my pocket since I left home. I can't have left it lying around. That letter is not lost. What? No, it's been stolen from you. Stolen? By whom? By the gentleman. He came down to see you when you were out. (laughs) That letter would gain him nothing. Are you sure it's him? No, without a doubt. He appeared disturbed when he heard you had a letter from Monsieur de Treville and asked me where it was. Well, then that's my thief. I will complain to Monsieur de Treville and Monsieur de Treville will complain to the king. Bring my horse. I'm riding to Paris. What? Already? You aren't going to stay? I mean... (coughs) You there! Go saddle Monsieur's horse. But are you still not injured? (laughs) Not so inconvenienced that I cannot ride. And my mother's balsam shall take care of the rest. The young monsieur would not like any assistance mounting his horse? No, I am perfectly (laughs) capable of doing this on my own. Let's go. Hurry now, for all is not yet lost. To the gate of Saint Antoine. To Paris. To the hotel of Monsieur de Tereville. We hope you've enjoyed episode one of The Three Musketeers. The cast in order of appearance was Matthew McConkie as D'Artagnan the Elder, Megan Ratcliffe as Villager 1, Matilde Brun as Villager 2, Alex Comache as D'Artagnan, Anna Truesdale as D'Artagnan's mother, Jacob Cook as Older Man, Stephen Ledger as Stable Boy, Alistair Hall as The Stranger, Matt Redmond as the host, Emily Tarbuck as the host's wife, and Alexandra Hart as Milady. The Three Musketeers was jointly directed by Nicole Baltablanco, Lauren Brewer, Sanya Saraf, and Daniel Mahale. Music created by Ollie Fab. Main theme by Ollie Fab and Capitalis. Editing was done by Ode Hoagie. Our Foley artists were Natalia Wemleon in Stone and Jay Figueredo. This show is based off Alexandre Dumas' The Three Musketeers. Scripts were written by Jay Figueredo, Izel Ilten Salman, Matthew McConkey, and Sam Turnbull. The producer team was Sophie Tice, Victoria Liberufalo, Thomas Tomlinson, and Jay Figueredo. For a full list of cast and crew, please see our website. I'm Jay Figueredo. Want to support the show? Come join our Patreon page at patreon.com slash doads. That's D-U-A-D-S. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening! This program is a duet collaboration with Purple Radio. 
Content warnings may be found in the episode description below. Pardieu. The gate of St. Antoine at last. I thought we'd never make it. It's even bigger than in the stories. Oh, but that fortress up there makes me uneasy. And those guards, patrolling it as if war were just about to crest the hill. Perhaps my mom was wrong about Paris. There are fewer beggars and mendicants in Paris than I would have expected. <laughs> Excuse me? What are you laughing at? <laughs> it's bad luck to beg in the shadow of the Bastille. You won't find a mendicant, at least until St. Catherine's Fountain. Is it your first time coming to Paris, monsieur? Why, yes it is. And you propose to enter through the Port Saint-Antoine? <laughs> Go around, monsieur. Go around to the Port Saint-Denis. I would, but it's already starting to rain, and I've no time to lose. Thank you for your assistance. As the Bastille loomed above, I strained to hear a shout, a moan, a scream float down from its small, darkened windows, but all I heard was a flash of light across the sky. I shivered, but maybe it was just the rain. Duets presents The Three Musketeers, Episode 2, Monsieur de Treville. This episode is dedicated to Mark F. Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. <sighs> I'm here to make an offer. A boy of your age come to make deals. This boy is here on the recommendation of Monsieur Treville. Now tell me your price. Right. What have we got here? Bustled? Yes. Good for manual labour? I promise good service. Strong, experienced. It's just a burn pony, lad. How old is he? Fourteen at the most, but really perhaps closer to twelve. Hmm. Never seen a yellow horse before. And you never will again. By my estimate, he's worth at least thirty livres. Ha! If he had even a single hair in his tail, it's poor breeding. And here, <clears throat> I've never seen so many wingles on a horse's legs before. Marks of hard labour. And his head sits so low. It's a wonder you don't slide right off the front when he goes down for grass. Five livres. This horse does eight leagues in a day. Twenty livres. Monsieur, this is not a charity. But on account of his most peculiar colour, three crowns. Nine livres! That... Ooh. Very well. You really have to jiggle this key, don't you? <sighs> Fifteen crowns from father, minus the six spent on the journey, plus the three from the horse, minus the half crown for repairing the sword, so it would be... 
no. Forgot about the rent. Oh, the rent. <sighs> My, that was a large sign. Oh, pardons, madame. Dreadful weather, isn't it? Raining non-stop since last night. You must be Monsieur d'Artagnan, the new young gentleman who is living upstairs in the garret. Uh, why, yes, madame. Uh, pardon, I'm ashamed I don't know your name. It's Constance. I live just below you. The landlord is my husband. Ah, I must say, I had not expected to find lodging so close to the Hotel of Monsieur de Treville. You have dealings with the Monsieur de Treville? Uh, well, that's a work in progress. You see, I endeavour to become one of the King's Musketeers, so I shall go straight to the Hotel of Monsieur de Treville the moment I have finished sewing... That's very stuff. interesting. Now, I really must go. My husband is expecting me. <sighs> Goodbye, madame. Perhaps I think I shall call on Monsieur de Treville tomorrow. Urgent message for Monsieur de Treville. Might I take Madame's hand? Why, good sir, leaving so soon? Merci. Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Pardon. Excuse me. Hey, hey, hey. What? What did you say about my um... I didn't say anything, I swear. You fucking liar. I know what you did to my lucky last week. You and your fancy little sword thingy. Swish, swish. Right, oh. this has gone far enough. <laughs> this can't be the Hotel swish, de Trivia. Swish, swish. Oh, pardon, madame. I did not see you there. Please allow me. Aha! If I just walk close behind her, I'll be able to get to the stairs. Yes! Now I just have to... Excuse me, monsieurs. Monsieurs! Oh, gentlemen, if you would be so kind as permit me to pass. Thank you. <sighs> you all right there, kids? Just a little lost. You mind that sword, lad? Don't go bumping into anyone. What's the kid doing here? Dunno, looks like a provincial. Provincial? Oh, mon dieu, I must look ridiculous. Ah, <sighs> oh, move, lad. We're trying to watch a match here. Huh? <laughs> look up at the top of the staircase, boy. Hey, make way for the little fella so he can see. Little? It's only a matter of time before one of us scores a touch, Porthos. Not a chance. One step there is a victory! <laughs> I will spit you like a goose. What you say? You there, take my place in the match. Right! He drew blood. They're using real blades. <laughs> you must be new. What have I gotten myself into? You covered me like flies, and like flies I shall swat you away. Particularly you, Aramis. Your arms are as weak as lambs today, mon abbe. Come now, Porthos. I suggest you would fend us off with greater ease if you kept your mouth shut and your eyes on me. Oh, my dear Aramis. You astound me, striking while I was distracted. 
I would have thought your holiness would not allow you to attempt such a low blow. Porthos, you astound me. The Cardinal is a holy man as well. And he, no doubt, would strike much lower. Yeah. Was that a castration joke? Or a circumcision joke? Uh, or just phrasing? Maybe just phrasing? This is... By God, they implicate his eminence, the Cardinal, in all these. Look, Porthos has managed to push them back down to the ground floor. Oh, bravo, Monsieur Porthos, bravo. Yes, but watch. I think the tide may be turning. You're rather hot in that heavy cloak. Perhaps you should remove it and free up your arms. No, no. On the contrary, uh, I have a cold. Besides, even under this heavy thing, you could not hit me once. Oh? Ah! Ah! Aramis got him! Well, now you must switch with me, Monsieur Aramis. Them's the rules. Unfortunately, I can't. I have a rendezvous this evening, which I would rather not go to covered in scratches. With a handsome lady, no doubt. Of a clerical nature. Uh-huh. Sure. I don't wish to risk marring the face with which I must present to... A mistress? To God, Porthos. The face with which I must present to God. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. Hmm. This game is no fun without Athos anyway. So, I suppose we shall retire together. You two, join the game. Monsieur Aramis and I are going upstairs to sit. And could someone play some music? Excuse me, but is there a different staircase? That door over there. First on your left as you go in. Excuse me, Monsieur. Excuse... Where can I... Pardon, Monsieur. Where can I gain an audience with... uh, with Monsieur de Treville? Through there, Arthur Doorman. Big moustache. That was when the Mademoiselle told me that she had something caught between her legs that she couldn't reach because of the construction of her skirts. And so I, the natural gentleman, said that, well, perhaps I could lend a hand of assistance. So, I... And you know what the fucker did? He just pulled up his britches and left. Now, if I could spend even half as long with the Count de Vassil as he... You mean the Countess? And I said, here? And the Mademoiselle answered, no, higher, higher. And this all took place during the ball at Amiens, which meant that even the Queen was in attendance as well as several foreign visitors. The King was clueless as always. Uh, I mean, um, uh... (coughs) And she kept at it, and so did I, until, well, there was positively nowhere higher to go. And I said, Mademoiselle, I don't seem to be able to find these things you have lost. I think I may have to take a much closer look. Would you permit me to lift up your dress? (laughs) 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 By God, this is how city people talk all the time. Naturally, the French position is geographically undesirable. On the contrary, monsieur. The location is central. France is undoubtedly the crown jewel of Europe. It is only a matter of time before Spain strikes on French soil. And when that happens, France will be caught from both sides.
Philippe would not dare attack his own sister in France. Mon Dieu, but you sound like a cardinalist. A cardinalist? Ah, a supporter of the worst kind of foreign policy, Monsieur. One of scheming, half-formed machinations that will only enrage the other nations. Every month there seems to be new plans. Some new nation that his eminence has managed to royally piss off. What next? Will he decide, ah, yes, you know what? We need to include the English in all of this. Car, what an idiot. You're right. All we need is another La Rochelle. Churchmen belong in the church. It's about time that the cardinal get his head out of his arse and stick it up gods. (laughs) (laughs) Young monsieur, are you all right? Fine. Water. Drink. Pardon. It's nothing sacred. What would my good father say, who so strongly pointed out to me the respect due to the cardinal if he knew I was in the society of such such pagans? I do sympathise with his eminence, however... Oh, praise be. Finally, someone with some sense. If the Queen had spurred my advances, I suppose I might settle for Madame d'Aguillon as well. She does look like a younger Anne of Austria. His eminence clearly has a type. Ah. Looks don't matter when you're tumbling in the dark... I heard his spirits are up to the royal chambers when the king and queen are away. <laughs> Reminds me of a song. Sins and confess to the virtuous cardinal. Sins and confess at communion. But you'll have to wait in line for the hot-headed stallies. Sins and confess to the virtuous cardinal. Sins and confess at communion. Certes, these fellows will all either be imprisoned or hanged. But it is catchy. Oh, mon dieu, I can't stay here and listen to this heresy. Perhaps I'm destined to join the Cardinal's Guards and not the King's Musketeers. I must have gotten turned around. Where have the stairs gone? (sighs) Well, D'Artagnan, there's no backing out now. Might as well try and find somewhere to stand without committing blasphemy. Wait, is that... The jewelist from the stairs. Cloak is the height of Parisian fashion. And like I said earlier, I've just come off guard. Caught a little cold, that's all. (laughs) And wouldn't you know, it goes with the baldric. What would you have? This fashion is coming in. Cerulean blue and gold are this summer's colours. Get on board. It is a folly, I admit, but still, it is the fashion. Besides... One must lay out one's inheritance somehow. And the crimson cloak. That's high fashion too, I'm guessing. Oh, Porthos. Don't try to make us believe you obtained that baldric by paternal generosity. It was given to you by that failed lady I met you with the other Sunday near the gates and honour. No. Upon honour, and by the faith of a gentleman, I bought it with the contents of the family purse. <laughs> you hate your father. Doesn't mean I won't waste his money. It's true, though, and the proof is that I paid 12 pistoles for it. Is it not true, Aramis? 
It is true, it is true. Aramis, that's the one who managed to touch Porthos. My, they could not be more different. All right, but what do we all think of the story of Chalet's Esquire? And what does he say? He met Rochefort, described at Brussels, that damned creature of the cardinal, described as a capuchon, and that this cursed Rochefort, thanks to his disguise, had tricked Monsieur de Lag, like a ninny as he is. A ninny indeed. But is the matter certain? I had it from Aramis. Indeed. I told you of it yesterday, unless you were too out of it to remember. Let us say no more about it. Say no more about it? Pest! You come to your conclusions quickly, what? The Cardinal set a spy upon a gentleman, as his letters stolen from him by means of a traitor, a brigand, a rascal, as, with the help of this spy, and thanks to his correspondence, Chalet's throat cut under the stupid pretext that he wanted to kill the king and marry Monsieur to the Queen. Nobody knew he'd heard of this enigma. You revealed all that yesterday, and while we're all gaping with wonder at the news, you come and tell us today you just see no more about it. Well... If I were the Esquire of Poor Chalet, this Rochefort should pass a minute or two very uncomfortably with me. And you, you would pass a rather sad quarter of an hour with the Red Duke? Ah, the Red Duke! Bravo, bravo, the Red Duke! I'll circulate that saying, be assured, my dear fellow. Who says this Aramis is not a wit? What a misfortune it is you did not follow your first vocation. What a delicious abbé you would have made. Oh, it's only a temporary postponement. I shall be one someday. (laughs) He will be one, as he says. He will be one, sooner or later. (laughs) Sooner. What is he waiting for? Only till the Queen has given an heir to the crown of France, which will be soon. They say Monsieur de Buckingham is in France. Aramis, my good friends, this time you are wrong. Your wit is always leading you beyond boundaries. If Monsieur de Treville were to hear you right now, you would repent of speaking thus. Oh, my God. Pardon, Monsieur, but you seem in need of assistance. Ah, at last. Pardon? Excuse me. Look, my dear man, I've been looking for you. Would you please petition an audience with Monsieur de Treville for myself, please? And your name, Monsieur? D'Artagnan. Monsieur de Treville? Uh, Yes? There is a Monsieur d'Artagnan who wishes an audience to you. (laughs) D'Artagnan? The old boy's come to see me. I I hope you offered the man a seat and a drink. Monsieur, he's a kid. I mean, not an old boy. A a, a kid? Uh, Send him in. It is an honour, Monsieur Treville. (laughs) No need to bow, lad. I'm not the king. You're not who I was expecting at all. Uh, But step inside, step inside. Here, let me get the door. Monsieur, my father was a compatriot of yours and... Is that... (laughs) Hold your thought a moment, son. I just... Athos! Porthos! Aramis! I've been looking for you all morning. Get in here. Good morning, Captain. It is far from a good morning, Porthos. There are only two of them, but it's those two. Good day, Monsieurs. Little sir, Treville does not seem to be in the 
finest mood. I suggest you keep your mouth shut and your eyes open. Um, okay. Do you know what the king said to me yesterday? The audacity, do you? <clears throat> no. No, sir, we do not. He told me that he should henceforth recruit his musketeers from on the guards of Monsieur the Cardinal. <laughs> no, no, you're joking. The guards of the Cardinal. And why so? Because, and I quote, the musketeers are a cheap liquor in need of more quality. Mon Dieu! Ah, oh, fuck off. Uh, perhaps it's best if I come back later? No, lad, stay. The musketeers make for a miserable sight at court. The Cardinal says nothing more than daredevils and braggarts. Says my men made a riot at the Rue Fru Carberry, and his guards have been forced to make arrests. It's not what it looked like, I swear on- On, on God, Animus, you make for a terrible Catholic. The Cardinal named you, of all people, among who his guards recognised. That is not true. Oh no, but it is my fault. As the esteemed Cardinal points out, I'm of course the one who selects you in a brace to join the ranks. You, Adams, why the devil did you ask me for a uniform when you're so itching to hold up in a convent? Don't sneak like a child, Porthos. You only wear such fine golden baldrick to spend a sword of straw from it. And Athos, I, I don't see Athos. Where is he? Ill, sir. And of what malady? Uh, Smallpox, sir. They fear it'll scar his face. Smallpox? You take me for an idiot, Porthos. At his age? No, don't tell me. Wounded in another bar brawl. Perhaps even dead in the back alley of some tavern. Listen carefully. I will not have this haunting of disreputable places. No quarrelling in the streets. But... No sword play at the crossroads. And no occasion given for the Cardinal's guards. Who, unlike you pile of piss-strung bastards, don't give him reason to get themselves arrested to laugh at you. Ha! Six of his eminence's guards arrest six of his majesty's musketeers. Marbler, I shall go straight to the Louvre, give in my resignation as captain of the musketeers, take a lieutenancy in the cardinal's guards, and if he refuses me, Marbler, I will turn a bay. Song, Jew. Please, please, can I leave? Captain, we were six against six, but they did not capture us fairly. They killed two of us before we could even draw our swords. And Athos... He wasn't far from sharing their fate. But we did not surrender, even when they dragged us away by force. And that's the whole of the story. I swear it on my mother's life. And I have the honour of assuring you that I killed one of them with his own sword. Killed him, or panarded him, sir, as is most agreeable to you. I did not know that. The Cardinal exaggerated, as I perceive. Don't tell the king that Athos is wounded. He'll kill us if he found out word reached the king. He doesn't let on, but the wound is serious. Open the bloody door. Athos! You... Send for me, sir. Athos! I was about to say to these gentlemen that I forbid my musketeers to expose their lives needlessly. For brave men are very dear to the king. And the king knows that his musketeers are the bravest on, on the earth. Y your hand, Athos! Ugh. Gives us a verbal beating and Athos a bloody handshake. Unbelievable. I have to admit, however, that to see you up and well soothes me. 
Athos? A surgeon? Somebody find a damn surgeon before the man bleeds out on my carpet. Porthos, Aramis, take him inside. Uh, is there uh, anything I can do? Lord, preserve that man. Uh, uh, um... Oh, oh, pardon me, son, but I had only forgotten you. But you'll have to forgive me. A captain is nothing but a father of a family, and soldiers are just big children. I can't help but worry. But as I maintain that the orders of the king, and more particularly the orders of the cardinal, should be executed. Understandable, monsieur. I respected your father very much. What can I do for the son? Tell me quickly, my time is not my own. Monsieur, on quitting Tarbes and coming to Paris, it was my intention to request of you, in remembrance of the friendship which you have not forgotten, the uniform of a musketeer. But after all which I've seen during the last two hours, I can see such a favour is foolish to ask for. An enormous favour indeed, but perhaps not so far beyond your hopes as you believe. Still, I regret to inform you that no one becomes a musketeer without the primary ordeals of several campaigns, certain brilliant actions or a series of two years in some other regiment less favoured than ours, and only then, with the king, say so. But, on account of your father, I will do something for you, young man. Our recruits from Gascony are not generally very rich, as it was when I left. I dare say your purse is rather light. I ask arms of no man. Oh, that's very well, young man. That's all very well. I know these heirs. I myself came to Paris with four crowns in my purse. I would have fought with anyone who dared to tell me I was not in a condition to purchase the Louvre. I will write a letter today to the director of the Royal Academy. And tomorrow he'll admit you without any expense to yourself. But... <laughs> Do not refuse this little service. You will learn horsemanship. Swordsmanship in all its branches and dancing. You'll report back to me from time to time. Tell me of your progress and whether I can be of any more help. Understood? Will not Trevila, my father, not the greatest of friends? Then why does he brush me aside like this? Mon Dieu, surely he doesn't believe I am lying. Alas, sir, I wish I had my father's letter of recommendation to give to you. I certainly am surprised that you should undertake so long a journey without that necessary passport. The sole resource of us poor Gascons. It was stolen from me. I related to him all that had happened in Monk, and slowly Monsieur de Treville's coldness melted away as we discussed the mysterious milady and the devilish stranger. This is all very strange. You mentioned my name, then? Aloud? Yes, sir. I certainly committed that imprudence. But why not? A name like yours must be as a buckler to me on my way. Judge if I should not put myself under its protection. Tell me, had not this gentleman a slight scar on his cheek? Yes, such a one as would be made by the grazing of a bull. Was he not a fine-looking man? Yes, very. Lofty stature? Yes. Tanned complexion and brown hair? That's him! And if I ever find him again, and I will find him again, I swear, even if it were in hell. He was waiting for a woman, was he not? Yes, he was waiting for her, and they only talked for a minute before he departed. You know not the subject of their conversation? He gave her a box, told her not to open it, except in London. Was this woman English? He called her Milady. It must be. I believe him still at Brussels. 
sir, if you know who this man is, tell me where I can find him so I can avenge myself. Beware, young man. If you see him coming on one side of the street, pass by on the other. Do not cast yourself against such a rock. You'll break you like glass. That will not prevent me if I ever find him. In the meantime, sink him not. If I have a right to advise you. Hmm. This seems all too convenient. Could he have been sent by the Cardinal? An emissary to ruin me? I know he's a Gascon, but he may be one of the Cardinal as well for me. Let us try him. Sorry, did you say something? <clears throat> Bear in mind the advice I give to you now, son. No doubt you have heard the rumours of the Cardinal, of the supposed games that are King's throne. It's all just talk. I'm devoted to both these all-powerful masters, and that my earnest endeavours have no other aim than the service of the King, and also the Cardinal, one of the most illustrious geniuses that France has ever produced. <laughs> that should fool him, if he is another spy sent from his eminence. So regulate your conduct accordingly. If I hear a word of enmity to the Cardinal from you, bid me adieu and let us separate. I hope you do not mind my frankness. Not at all. My father admires me to stoop to nobody but the King, the Cardinal and yourself. I'm glad that you feel the same as I do, for I didn't think the other musketeers in your hotel held the Cardinal in quite so much esteem. You are an honest youth. I cannot do much for you, but my hotel will always be open to you, and you can call for me whenever you need. So you'll wait until I prove myself worthy of becoming a musketeer. Well, be assured, you shall not wait long. But wait a minute, I promised you a letter for the director of the academy. Are you too proud to accept it, young man? Oh, yes, the, the letter. This time, woe be to him who attempts to steal it. <laughs> good, good. Always good to see enthusiasm. Oh, go on. Have a look at the window. I can tell you've been itching to watch the soldiers practising down in the courtyard. Oh, thank you. I mean... Thank you, Monsieur de Treville. Your recommendation, young man. Thank you. Ah! What? Blood! He shall not escape me this time. Who? He! My thief! Ah, the traitor! He's right outside the gate! We hope you've enjoyed episode two of The Three Musketeers. Today's episode featured Alex Comache as D'Artagnan, Rian Mullen as Horse Trader, Olivia Adderley as Constance, Rob Morrissey as Captain Treville, Arun Kotagonkar as Porthos, Peter Furbank as Aramis, Matthew McConkie as Athos, Sam Turnbull, Stephen Ledger, Hannah Burnett, Emily Tarbuck, Jacob Freda, Alexandra Hart, Matt Redmond, Jacob Cook, Anthony Ford, Rian Mullen, and Alistair Hall made up the ensemble. The Three Musketeers was jointly directed by Nicole Baltablanco, Lauren Brewer, Sanya Saraf, Daniel Machale. Music created by Oli Fab. Main theme by Oli Fab and Capitalis. Editing was done by Ode Hoagie. Our Foley artists were Natalia Uemlianen Stone and Jay Figueredo. This show is based off Alexandre Dumas' The Three Musketeers. Scripts were written by Jay Figueredo, Izel Ilkem Salman, Matthew McConkie, and Sam Turnbull. The producer team was Sophie Tice, Victoria Lee Baruffalo, Thomas Tomlinson, and Jay Figueredo. For a full list of cast and crew, please see our website. I'm Jay Figueredo. Want to support the show? Come join our Patreon page at patreon.com slash duads. That's D-U-A-D-S.
You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And that's this week's show. Please check the show notes for links for Durham University Audio Drama at sonicsociety.org. And please check all our past shows there, as well as Sonic Echo and Sonic Speaks, as well as the upcoming Sonic Summerstock. Yes, thanks so much for joining us today, and come back next week. Yes, we will both be here on the Sonic Society. Good morning. Bye for now. The Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. You can listen to classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night!